morning we are running another contest for the spooky spooky season if you want to know how you can get your own free copy of the new nail biting suspenseful thriller dangerous game stick around to the end <laughs> look up the photos it's fucked Fuck. <laughs> idiots. <laughs> idiots. Oh. On the internet, who will like live stream himself. I don't really give a shit. But like, if you consider yourself seriously, stop it. Get help. <laughs> People, you find someone who enjoys your company. No woman wants to be around you. <laughs> Why does that you know? bitch in the pocket doesn't want to marry? Actually, a name for that. I yeah, I think you're a larger philosophical. They're texting you these things. Yeah. If they're calling you a shitload. Passport for safety. It was like saying when you're storing those. Yeah, absolutely. Part if someone like you. Did so <laughs> this episode involves stalking, a, a beheading. Major trigger warning. Yes. So many. Yes. yes. Major trigger warning. Okay. Yeah, we just have a lot of stupid shit. One, two, three. Damn. <laughs> You're after us every time. <laughs> hey, it's my internet connection. This face too was like, and I'll do it again. <laughs> it's because you're an hour behind us. <laughs> I'm trying to talk to difference. His Wi-Fi is taking us a little bit slower. He's an hour behind. <laughs> I'm in St. Louis. Our infrastructure is crumbling, and I'm just trying to clap on with you guys. <laughs> I just want to clap. I just want to clap. And welcome back to another episode of Bros of Murder. We are, by the time you hear this, we will be balls deep in spooky season. Mm, and this will probably also be post Robert's <laughs> wedding. <laughs> All of a sudden, <laughs> <laughs> was like a ghost on a roller coaster? <laughs> it was like a little ghost rave. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, this probably will also be post uh, Robert's wedding. So, congratulations. <laughs> Even though we aren't there yet. Well, oh, thank you. This episode. It, I'm so excited for everyone to come out. It's going to be litty. I'm gonna, I am I plan on being lit at the wedding. Reception, man, I'm going to hit the Macarena so hard. It's my favorite drunk dance. Yes. Cupid shuffle. Listen, the Macarena works to any song out there. Like... It doesn't matter the beat, the tempo. Macarena. No, you don't have to. I'm saying the mockery, the dance works to any song. It's a cute little eight count. Beyonce could never. So <laughs> this episode involves stalking and a, a beheading. Major good. trigger warning. Yes. So many. Yes. yes. Major trigger warning. I remember when I was. Don't say we didn't one. warn you. If you look, look up the, the photos. photos, it's <laughs> fucked. Fucked. I had the group chat. I was like, by the way. You know, trigger warning with these photos. <laughs> and I still wasn't prepared. <laughs> no, they're terrible. Huh. So, I uh, honestly, I thought they were fake until I saw the last one, and then I was like, "Oh nope that 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 one looks real." That happened. That that definitely happened. So, uh, welcome to Brothers of Murder, where we give you true crime cases of color, music, and shenanigans because we're all in a giddy mood. <laughs> it's just ten a.m. <laughs> <We're just laughs> idiots. <laughs> yeah, idiots. Oh, oh, I love that. Yeah. We should have yeah. stickers of that. Yeah. <laughs> the, <laughs> the, gang, the gang of idiots. So uh, to ease into this, I'm going to talk about stalking. 
because so, I mean, I feel like that's really what this episode showcases, like the dangers of stalking, especially when like authorities and people don't take it seriously. So now stalking is a behavior directed at a specific person that makes any reasonable person feel fearful. Stalking, unlike other crimes, involve, that doesn't involve a single incident. It's more of a pattern of behavior. And it's frequently made up of like just harmful attacks and different things, some non-criminal, but some that are very criminal. So as of 2020, three out of four women were stalked a year prior to their death. And Stacey Wilson is one example of that. Three out of four, three out of four murders were preceded with stalking. Yeah, with at least a year-long, you know, stalking. Jeez. Yeah, and like I said, Stacey Wilson is a prime example of that. And uh, we'll get into the case. So, Kelly, do you want to start us off? Sure thing. Um, in 2006, 21-year-old Stacey Wilson was working in Milton Cato Memorial Hospital in Kingstown, St. Vincent, so which is in the Caribbean islands. She was a young mother and lived at home with her own mom. At some point, her distant cousin, just want to ex- emphasize that, her cousin... Yeah, game, of, it game of Thrones with it. Yeah. Shorn Samuel took an interest in her and began visiting Stacy's home frequently. Eventually, this interest turned romantic. She rebuffed him, and he was no longer allowed to visit the home. But after apologizing, he was permitted to come by the house and continue visiting again. Amelia Nanton, Stacy's mother, went on to say that uh, after Stacy's mother went on to say that after a while, Shorn fell back into his old ways and began pressuring Stacy again to be romantically involved with him. She even claimed that he was molesting her when he would come to visit, which uh, I'm not 100% sure that means the same thing to us that it means to them, just because sometimes culturally people use certain words differently. Yeah. Because I would imagine that if that were the case, they would have put another end to it and yeah. not let him come by again. So but I'm probably not sure. Like- sexual harassment i'm assuming so um yeah well so like yeah on one on one hand molesting could be like the way that we as americans assume where it's sexual assault and on the other hand molesting can also refer to just bothering someone okay depending on the usage so like i just wanted to put that little disclaimer in because i don't know for sure yeah uh but it did get to the point where he would visit often before Stacy went to work and asked her to be his wife. He continued this behavior until the day she was murdered, where on that particular day, he followed her to work. But before we get into the events that follow, I just wanted to speak on this particular pattern of behavior and why the way we treat it in Western culture is so insidious. We teach men that this level of persistence will eventually be rewarded. Our society has truly set up women for failure because we must be the gatekeepers of sex and romantic affection. So like if we're if we give in, we're treated shittily like we all know in a lot yeah, of ways, not always obviously. Shamed. Yeah, we get slut shamed and if we don't, we could be killed or harassed or what have you. So there's a Margaret Atwood quote that bounces around the internet a lot that surmises this perfectly and it's, men are afraid women will laugh at them, but women are afraid men will kill them. And so I just thought that it was appropriate given our subject matter today. And I, I feel personally as someone who dates as a female, that it's very true. Like you, we're still like talked into giving men that we're not interested in a chance 
like, oh, maybe he'll grow on you or this or that. Mm -hmm. And I also specifically, listeners want to like look it up specifically. But I remember years and years ago, I was researching something and I found this think piece on the internet called Schrodinger's Rapist. So it's the same concept as like the cat, where like, if you don't open the box, the cat is both simultaneously dead and alive at the same time. Where like most women treat every man they meet as a potential um, person that could do them harm. Yeah. Like until That's you know someone. Yeah, exactly. Because if you don't and you trust the wrong person, people are gonna like something will happen to you. People will blame you for it. Yeah. So it's like you have to be hyper vigilant. Mm -hmm. And also, but, I hate when like men get online. It was like, oh, you can't even date women anymore. It's like it's not that hard to not be a creep. But it's, it's yeah. really not hard to not be a fucking weirdo and frighten women. Well, and in like in the the words yeah. of our beloved Marcus Parks, like if women don't like you, if like it's one thing if one person doesn't like you. If every woman you talk to does not like you, it's you. It's mm -hmm. your fault. You need to do some soul searching 100%. and become a better fucking person. That one dude just got arrested. The guy who went around on the internet, he was like live streaming himself, confronting women, like just harassing them. And then he would pepper spray them and they run away. Jesus he just got Christ. You didn't hear about that? No. Yeah, he's like, he's like an, an admitted incel and he would post mm -hmm. his videos where he'll like walk up to women and be like, oh, let me see your tits. I just want to hook up with you. And they will obviously be like, hey, go away. And then he'll just pepper spray them and then run away. But he got arrested. Yeah couple days ago and charged with a hate crime because like you're attacking women who yeah. you're harassing like bro what and he was white too i just want to say that i Damn. i am shocked shocked <laughs> when, I saw, when i saw the mug shot i was like i'm not yeah wow color me surprised hey <laughs> um yeah i just it's it's amazing to me like like and i mean this is my opinion and maybe i'll we'll get shit for it i don't know i don't Honestly, I don't really give a shit. But like, if you consider yourself an incel, it's your fault. It's your yeah. fault. If you are involuntary celibate, it like you need to it's work a, a on yourself. You Go yeah. to therapy. Talk to someone. <laughs> Seek help. Go touch grass. Get help. <laughs> what was that? That that Michael Jordan like, theme? Seriously, stop touch it. grass. Get help. <laughs> But yeah, that's my little well, and also those tirade. communities, like online communities of incels, like it's a very like insular group, and they just start feeding each other all this bullshit and like crazy videos and crazy manifestos and shit. All of that is just going to make your situation worse. Like it just and go they just circle jerk each other. Try to be as normy as possible. Just oh be as God. fucking normy as possible, and eventually you're going to find someone who's into you. Yeah. Or just have, or like develop just social skills or personality. And take it from someone who has social anxiety. If you just talk to people, you find someone who enjoys your company. Like there's someone out there for everybody. That's the thing that yeah, I mean it kills me because it's like just don't. I know this sounds shitty, and like I think you guys will get how I mean, but it's like just don't be a fucking weirdo. Like talk to someone like they're a person it's not that hard but like if you're gonna sit there and fucking mouth breathe while some, like mm -hmm. and be weird to them of course they're not gonna like you because you're you're treating them weird i don't know that I'll was very one, uh, poorly stated but I, I was listening to this one debate on youtube this dude was having with like an incel and he was like just talk to a chick like you talk to your friends and you'll find someone who likes you <laughs> this is well, how you just do it 
just like talk to someone like you normally talk to anybody else. It's a, right. Also, if you're a man who has no female friends, weird huge red flag. Yes, like if you don't want to help, you don't have, you don't have like one female confidant that says something about your character that no woman wants to be around you. Yeah, if you don't know, if like your first thought is like I don't know how to talk to women, like it, talk to women like another person, like that's yeah. kind of part of the problem. Like you don't need to treat them special, you just need to talk to people like they're people. But yeah. So now we'll move dating on. Dating tips days. from Kelly. Yeah, oh, a woman. <laughs> I'm, we're gonna get a lot of hate mail from that. <laughs> Why is that you know, bitch on the podcast hate all men? <laughs> what? I don't know if our podcast is going to attract a lot of incel type. Oh, people. no. We have uh, things like 70% women who listen to us and then arrest her men good, good right? yeah good i like those stats <laughs> but yeah so that was that was a tangent but a, a, a well good Sorry. a good one it felt good no i enjoyed it so now back onto the case this murder was clearly a rage of passion that stemmed from rejection because like sorry dude your cousin doesn't want to marry you now <laughs> the fact that that needs to be like <laughs> just that sentence i'm sorry your cousin doesn't want to marry you, doesn't want to be your wife. What kind of secret garden shit? <laughs> so now in Sam- the attic. <laughs> so now Samuel wanted his cousin all to himself. And after being rejected again and again, he stalked and killed her in front of a dozen onlookers. And reportedly from witnesses, they said that he was like kind of gleeful when he did it. But he kissed her corpse at one point too. I'll, I'll save that for a little bit later. So now on the day of the murder, he confronted Stacy at her work where it said that she, again, dismissed him and told him she didn't want to speak to him anymore because you're being weird. So now he approached her at her job, like kind of stayed there. And then when she left the afternoon, he followed her to the bus stop where like she was going to go you know, go home. The whole way still trying to like buy for her attention. And she's just like rejecting him and resisting him and just telling him to go home. And now a message from our sponsors. So now as she got on the bus, which was like her normal routine, he followed her onto the bus. And now I'm assuming that like he probably stalked her patterns, like kept an eye on her to like know when she would be like the most vulnerable. Because if he wasn't like around, allowed around the house anymore, following her on her pathway home was probably the only real way he could get to her. So I wouldn't be surprised if this was like more of a planned attack than anything. So now, witnesses say that Samuel trailed behind her as she got on the bus and sat directly next to her on the bus. Uh, Stacy got up and switched seats to put someone in between them to like create a barrier, and this only made Samuel like more frustrated. So he once again moved closer to Stacy, trying again to get her attention before getting upset and pulling out a machete. As either a machete or a big knife, some of the you know, articles said like it was a giant knife. Some people say it was yeah, a machete, was but either way, curved knife. Yeah. So uh, he pulled out a bladed weapon and started hacking Stacy repeatedly in like the face and arm area. So now she couldn't really escape because like they were in a confined space and people were like fleeing off the bus as she was getting attacked. Which kind of reminds me of that Canadian case where like the homeless guy went in the bus and like beheaded that young dude and like everyone just like freaked out and left. And at first I was like, why? Did- that no one to help him but then the kelly kind of was like you're it's that moment was probably a lot for a lot of people so i get it that people would just like want to escape first and not really think about like trying to intervene because you see a dude with a machete your your fight or flight kicks in like you and if anyone's interested in like if you just were sorry like look at that case the victim's name was tim mclean and it was on a greyhound in canada i think 
Manitoba. So yeah. if I remember correctly, it was something to do with demons, right? Like the guy thought he was a demon. He's he was hardcore schizophrenic. Yeah. Uh-huh. So like he was Hey there, future editing Andre. Now if you couldn't tell, my microphone was crapping out on me for some reason. Don't know what's wrong. Got a new mic. So I'm gonna redo this section because I hated how much I sound. So I'll pick back up. So Stacy escaped by pulling herself through a window, and after hitting the ground, she crawled under the bus to hide from Samuel. Now Samuel got out the bus and pulled her from underneath of it, cutting her hand off as she fought against him. Then in front of the crowd of onlookers, he struck her in the face and neck until he cut off her head. Samuel then held her head, and according to different witnesses, he kissed it before throwing it to the ground. When police arrived on scene, they found that the head and right hand were 15 feet away from the body and Samuel was just standing there waiting for them to arrest him without any type of issue. Now, there's more tea because murder seemingly runs through his family. So now Rosita Samuel, who is Sheen's sister, brutally murdered her family on April 15, 2013 in a Brooklyn, New York apartment. Now Rosita shot her boyfriend her infant son, and herself, allowing her eldest son to be able to escape the shooting by jumping through a window. Rosita was a cop, surprise, surprise, and left a suicide note explaining to her eldest son that she only murdered the baby so he didn't have to deal with raising this baby since both his parents would be dead. There was a separate suicide note that was shoved in a toilet and shredded could have illuminated more information but it was too hard to decipher now back to you know stuff and things sorry if the audio sounds bad although i do i mean you don't see a lot of women like annihilate their whole family whole but i fam- do yeah. feel like there are a lot of cases of women killing their children yes mm-hmm. but never really is like i think there's actually a name for that i yeah i think you're right i a lot of times Lisa? it has to do with like postpartum depression or something i'm not sure but it is never really like mm-hmm. with a gun either. Usually with like other means like drugs yeah. or like, drowning or suffocation. Drowning. Like, drowning yeah. The drowning is a common one. Okay. So I'm going to pick up from here. As Andre mentioned, Samuel was taken into custody immediately following the murder from the scene of the crime on December 11th, 2006. While crime scene photos have been shared all over the internet, um, as we mentioned earlier, they're very graphic. Um, they were picked up by gore fanatics and shared everywhere. The family of Stacy Wilson has actually gone to great lengths to try to get them out of the media and has publicly asked that the photos no longer be shared to protect the memory of their relative. Um, so we're probably not going to put any links to those crime scene photos. Um, if for whatever reason you need to see them for whatever reason, you can find them. They are out there. And on October 13th of 2008, so, you know, two years after the murder, Samuel would be eventually convicted of murder and sentenced to death. And he remained on death row in St. Vincent until May 31st of 2012. Um, That was not the date that he was executed. Uh, He actually had a successful appeal that commuted his sentence um, from death to life in prison on the grounds of mental illness. There was a local St. Vincent lawyer who partnered with a London-based advocacy group called the Death Penalty Project to bring forward expert witnesses to create this defense. And there was actually agreement between um, the prosecution and the defendants 
expert witnesses regarding uh, his mental illness. So there was, it wasn't a, a major news story for the most part when this sentence was commuted. The man is clearly very mentally ill and was not under his faculties. Um, and he is not in circulation anymore. Obviously, he is still life in prison. Um, however, they argued against the death sentence. And we've discussed issues with the death penalty before, and this is actually a really kind of interesting case for that discussion. We have someone who committed a truly horrific crime in broad daylight with dozens of witnesses, and he was apprehended with the murder turret weapon at the scene of the crime. Like, there's absolutely no, did not commit this act. There's a 0% chance that we have the wrong person here. So the question of the death penalty for this man becomes more complicated for me, because rationally, I don't really support the death penalty, and I don't believe that the fear of the death penalty will, like, stop people from committing crime or anything like that. Yeah. However, I do understand that there's always going to be victims and, like, members of the victim's family that want, like, nothing less than the death penalty, that only death will be justice. And to those people, I want to, like, you know, just ask, is life in prison not a more difficult punishment than no longer being alive to like repent and suffer if you if your goal is punishment isn't like life in prison and then death worse than just death and no life in prison so in this way like dying feels like kind of a cop-out to me um, yeah you know that being said i don't really believe in divine punishment so that's kind of a larger philosophical question and that's going to change your opinion so like whether or not you believe in hell but i mean we can both agree prison and confinement is not like a joyful existence yeah no and, that's a like, punishment. if you believe in eternal yeah if, if you believe in like eternal hell and suffering like truly he's going to end up there either way so like why not just add life in prison on top of eternal pain and suffering in the next life yeah um, i also just i also just don't so like don't the idea know. of like the government killing people <laughs> it doesn't sit yeah. well with me putting that power in the state's hand like and i don't want to say that because i think we should be soft on this man he did a horrendous horrible thing and i think he should stay in prison forever until mm -hmm. he's dead and just suffer in prison yeah now, to round this off, there is no universal set of steps that will work for anybody when it comes to like dealing with stalking, but there are some actions that could help. And I looked this up on victimsconnect.org. So here are their steps of what you should do if you feel as though you are being stalked. Call 911 immediately. Just go by your gut. You know, if you feel like you're in danger, call the police to create that paper trail. You also want to alert others. So tell your friends family, neighbors, co-workers, you know, anyone who will listen that you feel as though you're being stalked, tell them who it is and tell them like why you think you're doing it. So if anything happens to you, they can get, you know, attention right on that person. Also Tons connect with advocates. Yeah. Well, it's also, so on the employer topic, it's really important to tell your employer when you are being stalked because then your coworkers, your boss, everybody knows that, hey, if this person comes around and asking like, oh, is so-and-so working today? Or call try the to fucking get your cops. schedule. They know that they should just call the cops because this is a soccer. Yeah, per personal story. I was kidnapped when I was a child by my mom's ex-boyfriend from my daycare. Holy shit. Yeah, and the only reason why he was able to like get me is because he looked similar to my dad. And the daycare employees didn't question it. They were just he came up and said, "Hey, I'm here for Andre." They said, "Oh." You kind of look like a dude I've seen here before. Go ahead and take him. They also say uh, connect with advocates or different advocacy groups, be it like domestic violence, sexual assault, or just anything. You want to let 
authorities know. Uh, document every incident, calls, text messages, public sightings, save everything to create that paper trail. Uh, they also say end all contact, block them every way you can. Go ahead, Kelly, wanna say something? Two things. Well, um, it, it, I know we hear a lot about like people not being believed by the cops and the cops not doing anything. And like that will happen a lot, unfortunately, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't call them to report anyway, because whether or not they take you seriously that time, if it's on the books, it's on the books, you know, like yeah. if you report that per or you have to at least build a case against them because I've, we've even seen in some of our um, cases that we've covered before where like there's been stock, a person will have been, had multiple restraining orders on them already and so like that stuff it sucks that you have to do so much but that stuff does eventually and yeah. um i mean sometimes we wish it would happen a little bit before something actually fucking happened but we can only end within the system that we have the only thing i would say about the blocking i think that that's appropriate in some scenarios but in other scenarios you that that also for a paper trail so like say if they're texting you these things yeah. if they're calling you a shitload you you can pull those records and show police that this thing you those are tangible things that you can show so like or like yeah. facebook messages or something but yeah screenshot every fucking thing yeah so last three steps it says like take every threat seriously if they give a, a direct threat to you don't like brush it off you know to take it report that even if it's like a threat of self-harm because it's a form of manipulation on their part they're trying to get you to like reach out to them or contact them or put you in a dangerous situation don't fall for it lastly they say uh prepare your children if you have children like let them know emergency plans how to call 911 where to hide if someone breaks in the house you know who to look out go for bag. Like, yeah yeah like a, a, a what is what is it called like a 72 hour bag go bag yeah like whatever you Whatever you need to survive for three days, put in a bag and edit. And like the last thing is create a safety plan. That's the biggest thing. You want to have a personalized plan for yourself to be safe because preparation is key to survival. And if you feel as though you're being harassed, don't passive about it. You want to be active about your safety. Yeah. And uh, that was this uh, one other uh, little tip is that if you have kids, um, you can create a safety word with your kid of like, hey, if I ever have a friend or someone who needs to pick you up for a reason, they're going to tell you this word. And if they don't tell you that word, they're not actually there to get you. Yeah, there was, there was one case I've seen about like a, a woman who was assaulted on a date. Well, almost assaulted. Uh, this dude was like sketching her out. So she got her phone out and called her sister and they had like their own little passcode for safety. It was like something peaches. And that's where her, like, her sister knew, oh, I got to call the cops and send them to her location because she mm -hmm. just said like peaches. So yeah, passcodes, all that like stay prepared yeah, that was this episode. i also have another tr uh oh, yeah. i have a couple other things to add so one thing also that you can do there's this app called noonlight um n-o-o-n moonlight or no light moonlight. noon as in like the okay. time like noon and you can get that like if you're walking alone or if you're going somewhere you open the app and you hold it down and so if you drop if like you're forced somebody takes you if your thumb cut off the screen, it will immediately alert your emergency contacts and call the police and send your location to your contacts. Oh, wow. So, mm-hmm. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look at that um, now. Oh, yeah, so that's yeah, and there's a pin. So, like, if you do it on accident or, like, if you're holding it and you're done, you type the pin in to let, like, it know you're safe. And if you let it go, they'll call you to make sure and then, so if you don't answer the call, then they know to like alert authorities. Um, and then there was something else I was gonna say, like, I guess this is more if you have like a shitty 
partner who's abusive or something. But like sometimes you need to make like make copies of all of your your um your like identification markers so like your passport driver's license because like sometimes people take mm. that from you so that you can't go anywhere yeah. so like make copies of those things and like i would put that in a go bag or something like that there's something else i had but i can't think of what it is if so if you have like a google drive that you have access to one make sure you have two-factor authentication so like you have to use your phone or whatever to get into it um but you can store a lot of those documents on the cloud as long as you're doing it safely like because you have two-factor authentication. That way, if you're ever robbed and you lose your driver's license, you can still print off a copy. Or if you have to leave your apartment because you're in a domestic abuse situation, you can still get access to those sorts of documents. But even like just make sure you're safely when you're storing those. Yeah, absolutely. Or you're traveling abroad and you know you lose your passport. Those kinds of things. If you can store it in ways that you can access multiple locations, like that can also be a benefit. Yeah, preparedness is like the key to survival in any situation, really. Oh, yeah, so. I remember now. It was the thing about um, when you were talking about manipulation, when like sometimes um, like a stalker or abuser will be like, well, I'll just like hurt myself if you don't do X, Y, Z. And like, I just want to say like, that is not your problem. Like it sucks. And I know it's it would be hard if someone like you did care about or you don't ever want to feel responsible for somebody else's life. But that's not your problem. You need to worry about you and like don't let someone threaten you into making yourself unsafe. Or yeah, or vulnerable. Because that's what that's what they want. It's a ploy. Mm -hmm. So uh, anything else before I close out? I'm gonna wait till you start talking again and then catch up. No, it's fine. No, no, we both kept doing it. I felt so bad. You kept trying to end the episode. I'm like, oh one more thing. You should have two factor authentication on your Google Drive. No, it's the wealth of knowledge is always <laughs> what's it. We just want you guys to be safe. <laughs> we care. So uh that's the episode. Make sure you stick around for the music. We want to thank everyone for listening from the bottom of our hearts. We uh any plugs again? No. Stream stream Robert's album. We'll link it again in the show notes yeah. to be safe. And we hope you enjoyed the episode. Please leave us a review on Apple or Spotify or wherever you hear us. And share that episode with a friend or an enemy. <laughs> and uh, make sure you check out our Patreon for early ad-free episodes. And if you want to hit us with any topics, check us out on social medias or the website. So until next time, kiss from the homies. Happy spooky season. Spooky, spooky, haunted kisses. <laughs> <laughs> Get a nice hug from a ghost. <laughs> uh, ending my And now, a short commercial break. John Vaught and Jonathan Ray Myers star in the nail-biting suspenseful thriller Dangerous Game, now streaming on Redbox. A family reunion at a remote mansion takes a lethal turn when they're trapped inside and forced to play a deadly survival game where only one will make it out alive. Stream Dangerous Game instantly on Redbox On Demand today, rated R from Paramount Pictures. Or if you want to enter the contest to get your own free copy, we're giving away five. All you have to do is go to the Instagram post of this episode, which I'll be linking in the show notes, like it, tag a friend in it, and that's it. You're entered. And then at the end of Spooky Season, we're going to pick five winners and hand give those copies to you. And I hand give, but I'll, I'll DM it to you. You'll get it, I promise. I'll
Stop it, makes me make you only live once before you turn to dust. 